Welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. This is episode 19, chapter 19 of Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, and my name is Lee, by the way. <laughs> so this is after they did their very first official whatever scene, their very first scene in Christian's playroom. Anna starts out the chapter kind of thinking about like what they just did and, and she's still kind of feeling embarrassed about it, but not as much as earlier, so, or as much as, as last time, so that's, I'm counting that as a good sign. So they're getting ready to go to Christian's parents' house for a family dinner, and Christian has not given back Anna's panties. He took them off of her during their scene and put them in his pocket. I don't remember if I said that in the last episode, but he has not given her back her panties, which, you know, is something you gotta negotiate. <laughs> can be really fun, can be really hot, but you want to negotiate it first, especially because... Okay, maybe I didn't actually make a note of the quote, so whatever. Um, she realizes he is kind of wanting to embarrass her a little bit and have her ask, force her to ask for her panties back, which even more needs negotiation because that's a little mini humiliation scene right there. That's like a little bit of humiliation, which definitely can be part of kink and some people really enjoy it and it does not have to be part of kink and some people really don't enjoy humiliation. So really, really important to negotiate these things with your submissive before you just decide that she's gonna have to ask for her panties back. Like, I know, I don't know. I feel like I spend so much of every single episode, like, they need to negotiate that. They need to negotiate that. They need to negotiate that. And, like, maybe I'm being nitpicky, but also, like, they have done so little negotiation and so little, like, even, like, yes, okay, they did go over the contract. Never mind that Anna has not signed it yet and that the contract is bullshit anyway. See my rant in previous episode. But, like, even so, there's been so little checking in in about like are you okay with this in this moment are you okay with this in this context because yeah that changes like people's moods people's head spaces the context in which something is happening can absolutely affect whether or not someone would be willing to give consent in that moment in that situation there's just so many conversations that need to happen that are just continuously not happening and so yeah i'm gonna continue to point that out because i think it's important to realize just how much communication it actually takes to do kink in a safe and healthy way for everyone involved and just how little like negotiation and consent and and you know how little Christian is involving Anna in the process other than you know being his fuck toy that he gets to order around which is not the only role that a submissive plays in a DS relationship right like it can be one of the roles but again you would have to negotiate that and he has not. So anyway, he's just decided to do this little humiliation scene, whether she likes it or not. Anna, being her bratty self in my headcanon, has decided that she's not going to ask for her panties back, and she's just gonna go to this family dinner without panties on, and good for her. I am all for it. I am, I am pro-brat. I'm just gonna say that right now, in case that wasn't obvious already. I am pro-brat. I support bratting. She has not actually fully thought through what all that will entail. So this that'll be interesting later, but I fully support the, the spirit in which she is doing this. 
They dance together in Christian's living room before they leave, and Anna asks where Christian learned to dance, and of course, Mrs. Robinson taught him. You know, she is the the ex who, like, inducted him into kink or whatever when he was a teenager, and, uh, see previous episodes. So this, Anna is, like, brooding over this fact, and the fact that Mrs. Robinson, like, showed Christian so much, including kink and Anna is feeling like, oh, what if I have nothing to offer him? And, and like, what if she got the best of him and all this stuff? And like, sweetheart, go to therapy. I'm gonna say it a zillion times. And so in that moment, she decides she hates Mrs. Robinson. So that's fun. Very, very chill, healthy, well-adjusted attitude to have about your adult boyfriend's ex from when he was a teenager. You know, of course, there are valid reasons to have misgivings about that relationship and that person. Like, for example, the fact that this is an adult woman who was in a sexual kinky relationship with a teenage boy. That's not great at all. But just, like, the vehemence with which Anna is thinking about Mrs. Robinson in this moment, and it's and it's not even about the fact that she, like, statutory raped him or whatever. It's about the fact that she's... Anna is so jealous of Mrs. Robinson and the relationship that they had and how compatible they were and and that's where this hatred comes from and that's just oh sweetheart that's so unhealthy it's so unhealthy for you it's so unhealthy for your relationship with Christian since he's still in contact with Mrs. Robinson and and like having such vitriolic hatred for this person who is in your boyfriend's life like that's just not gonna end well it's just not (laughs) Here we go. Here's a quote. Page 336. She asks Christian why he used a cable tie to restrain her, and he says it's quick, it's easy, and it's something different for you to feel and experience. I know they're quite brutal, and I do like that in a restraining device. Okay, sure. I mean, all of that is, like, valid in kink terms, but they're still not a restraining device that I would use with a beginner, or feel comfortable having used on me as a beginner, like, at all. Just because, like I've already said a zillion times, like, there's just so much potential for it to go so wrong so quickly. Okay, so further down on page 336, he says, All part of my world, Anastasia, and Anna thinks his world indeed, and I want to belong in it, but on his terms, I just don't know. Yeah, it's not supposed to be on his terms, or at least not solely on his terms. It should be on both of your terms. Like, that's not negotiable. You, Anna, you, the submissive, you, anyone who is in any way involved in this relationship, gets input on how it's formed and how it's carried out. You get input on protocols and kinks that you do and don't do together. You get input through negotiations, through check-ins, through all of this stuff. And he's just not giving that to her. He's not even offering it to her as an option. And that's such a huge red flag. And so like, yeah, 
It should be making you feel uncomfortable that you're having to accept all this on his terms because that's not how that's supposed to work. That's not making room for a healthy dynamic between the two of you. That's just letting him completely control shit, even outside the bounds of what a dom should be controlling. And it's not giving you the framework that you need to stick up for yourself and set boundaries and stick to them, which, sweetheart, you need help with, <laughs> seems like, over the course of this book. Especially with all her self-esteem problems, oh my god, with how poorly she thinks of herself and how grateful she is to have a man's attention at all. Like, that's such a, a recipe for not sticking up for yourself and for, like, letting your boundaries get walked on and get ignored. Like, in order to enforce your boundaries, you need to believe that they're worth enforcing and believe that you are worth having that fight, you know, and that struggle to enforce them. So that's not great. So they get to the house, Christian's parents' house. The whole family is there. There's Christian's mom and dad and Elliot and Mia, his sister, and then Kate is there. And things are just immediately so tense, like almost to a comedic degree. Like it's just ridiculously stressful. So Anna is like watching Kate and Elliot be really affectionate with each other and she's thinking like, wow, Christian only invited me to meet his parents because Kate was going to be here and she would have told me and like, he, you know, I would have been jealous and so he was like forced into including me in his life, which is really sad and is like not a good feeling. And, and like, I think there's two things I kind of want to say about it. One is that she is, of course, jealous of the quote-unquote normal couple, you know, who are like having all of these displays of, of affection everywhere and they're like meeting each other's parents. They're like able to be normal in ways that, that Christian is not willing to be. And on the one hand, it's like, okay, but like just because your relationship is not this like traditional relationship and doesn't have the markers of a traditional relationship, like does not mean that it's any less strong or any less loving or caring or whatever. Like it has a lot of other problems too, but the fact that it's, it's, you know, not a traditional relationship is not one of the ones that I would pinpoint. However, I totally understand wanting to be more public with your relationship than your partner does, and I understand that even being like a deal breaker. Like, it can feel really uncomfortable if your partner is like wanting to keep everything on the DL, and you're like, are, are you ashamed of me? Are you ashamed of our relationship? Like, are you, you, you don't want to be seen in public with, like, it can feel really bad. It can feel really hurtful, and I totally understand that, and I think that's a perfectly valid reason to, to be like, hey, you know what? This is not the right relationship for me. I would really like to have those PDAs. I would like to go on dates. I would like to, you know, meet each other's parents or whatever. And and Anna has, of course, expressed that she wants that kind of thing to Christian. And he's like very cautiously willing to maybe do it a little bit. So good for him, I guess. But also like Anna, this is another red flag that you should like, this is a warning sign that you should be listening to. Like this is a sign. Like if that is actually what happened and Christian only invited you, because Kate was going to be there and it was going to be awkward. Like, this is maybe a sign that this is not the right relationship for you. And this is, again, where that self-esteem shit I was just talking about comes in because, like, it's a lot harder to leave a relationship that is toxic or abusive or even just not right for you if if you don't have the self-esteem and the self-confidence to, to believe that you could ever get into another 
relationship again, you know? If, if you're, like, so relieved that you're finally in a relationship with anyone and that anyone is giving you this romantic attention that you want, like, it can be, you know, really difficult to even conceptualize of anyone else ever feeling that way about you. So it can be really easy to stay in a situation that is not good for you for any number of reasons. So anyway, Anna mentions that she's thinking about visiting her mom in Georgia, and Christian is of course furious that she hasn't mentioned this to him, that he is not the first to know of every single inkling of any plan that she has for possibilities in her life. And he's like, well, what about our arrangement? Because she, she's thinking like, okay, I'll, I'll leave within the next few days or whatever, and he's like, what about our arrangement? And it's like, bro, she still hasn't signed the fucking contract. You don't have shit. Uh, except what she consents to. And even if you do sign the contract, you don't have shit except what she consents to because that's how consent works. Anyway, he just, he needs to know everything. He needs to be in total control of everything about her life and it's not good. Oh yeah, okay. My note about this is just these fucking people with like five exclamation points. Page 341. Kate like notices that Christian is, is being a dick to Anna and so here's the quote. Kate smiles, a wicked gleam in her eye. How was Jose when you went to the bar with him on Friday? And Anna's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she, Anna thinks, I realize she's trying to make Christian jealous. Stop it. Like, the solution to... You can't, it's not, you don't live in a rom-com or whatever. Like, you can't just make your person jealous as a way to fix problems. Like, that never even works out well in teen dramas from Hollywood, you know? Like, that's not what you should be jumping to ever. The cat agrees. It's not gonna solve anything. Why? This isn't even the first time she's done this in this book. And she thinks she's helping Anna and she's not. Why would that be a good thing ever? Like purposefully trying to make, not only trying to make your partner jealous, but Kate is trying to make someone else's partner jealous in order to help this person. Like what, I don't, what is this logic? I don't understand. So anyway, that was Kate, like, picking up on Christian being a douchebag and trying to intervene, and there's another point where, where Kate is, like, very pointedly trying to intervene between the two of them, and Anna's like, what is her problem? Why is she being so aggressive with Christian? And it's like, bro, it's because he's being a douchebag. So they sit down to dinner. Christian's mom, who if you'll remember, or if I have mentioned this at all, which I don't know, Christian's mom is a doctor. And so the hospital that she works at calls. And so she has to leave the table briefly. And she comes back and is like, yeah, it's another measles case and makes some quip about God. I wish people would just vaccinate their kids. And uh, boy, reading that in uh, 2022 sure does hit different. This book was published in 2012, 2011, something like that. Woof. So there's a woman serving dinner and she is young and blonde, of course, because of course she is. And she, so she's like this servant in a rich family's house and she's in pigtails. And that just strikes me as really odd. Like, okay, 
I didn't exactly grow up poor, but I also never had an in-house servant to serve us dinner. (laughs) That was called my mom. And I am forever grateful for her for putting dinner on the table every night. So anyway, I don't know what the actual like protocol is, what the dress code usually is for a servant in a rich person's house, but I would imagine that pigtails are not the usual. Just seems a little unprofesh to me. Kashek agrees. Also, there's so much of this text is dedicated to Anna just, like, side-eyeing this servant who keeps trying to, like, subtly flirt with Christian in the exact same way as the waitress in that restaurant they stopped at a few, a few chapters back, and it's just starting to get on my nerves that it's, like, every single young, blonde, pretty, Aryan white girl in this universe is just constantly completely throwing professionalism out the window to flirt with Mr. Pretty Boy on the clock. It's like, we get it. He's a heartthrob. We get it. He's conventionally attractive. We get it, Anna. You're jealous and you don't feel worthy of him and you don't feel like you're quote-unquote good looking enough to quote-unquote keep him from being quote-unquote stolen by your quote-unquote competition. We get it. You don't, like, these scenes are just getting annoying. You don't have to constantly drill it into our heads that some pretty little thing could come by and steal him at any moment because first First of all, that's not how that works. Second of all, like it's so repetitive and kind of assumes stupidity on the part of the reader that it's like we keep, we need to keep having it like pounded into our heads that everyone's going to flirt with him or whatever and like to be convinced of Anna's feelings of inadequacy. And it's like, no, we've had 19 chapters inside her head. We get it. Please just stop having everybody fucking flirt with him. That's not how any of that works. Please, I'm annoyed. So he takes Anna on a a quote-unquote tour after dinner, as in he slings her over his shoulder as soon as they're out of sight of the rest of the family and literally carries her down to the boathouse to spank her and fuck her. That's his plan, which, once again, consent to any of that, to being punished at all, to being spanked specifically, to being fucked, to being fucked on your parents' property, to being fucked semi-publicly where there is a chance of getting caught. Like, so many things that need to have consent and none of them. It's just, it's, it's Christian's decision. He's gonna go do it. Also, here's the kicker. She asks why she's being punished. He says, you know why. But this this is literally like a few paragraphs after Anna is sitting there thinking like, okay, it could be because Kate mentioned Jose. It could be because I'm going to visit my parents in Georgia. It could be, be because of this or because of that. Like she lists like five different reasons of why he could possibly be angry at her. And she doesn't fucking know which one. Like she literally thinking to herself, like, I don't know. I don't understand which one. I don't understand why he's angry right now. And he's just like, you know why. And it's like, no, bro, she doesn't. And that's a problem. That's a fucking problem. The the whole, like... Okay, assuming that you got consent from your submissive to put, to include punishment in your DS dynamic, great. You still, it still needs to be made clear why she's being punished when she is. Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, like, it's not for her what's in her best interest. It's not teaching her to be a better sub. It's not teaching her to be a better person. It's just cruelty for the sake of cruelty. It's punishment for the sake of punishment. And that's gross. It's bad. And also, 
Also, before you even get to the punishment part, you need to be clear, if you do this, I will punish you. If you do these things, I will punish you. And if she has no frame of reference for what is going to get her punished, again, it's just cruelty for the sake of cruelty. It's just gonna get her to walk on eggshells and be anxious and scared of you all the fucking time. And, and that's cruel and it's abusive and it's, it's not kink, it's nonsense. It's abuse. It's toxicity. And that is what Christian is doing right now. He is not, he is just arbitrarily deciding like, okay, I got annoyed that you said this thing that to you was totally innocuous, so now I'm gonna fucking spank you. Like, no, that's not okay. Your sub has to know what she has done to earn this punishment and she has to know what she could potentially do to earn punishments in future. And I know I just used a lot of she's right there because I've had Anna and Christian in my head, but like that goes, you know, that, that same set of rules applies no matter what fucking gender your sub is. So yeah, that's where the chapter ends. I'm exhausted. I am recording this at the end of a very long, very productive, but still very long day. So that's where I'm going to leave that. Thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash artist. Or if you don't want to follow that link, I am Lee C. Artist or Lee C. Artistry on most social media platforms. My sex work social media is at allmylinks.com dot com slash candy kitten. I'm also candy kitten on most social media networks. However, I had to add some like punctuations, some like periods and dashes and stuff into some of those usernames. So you might want to just follow the all my links link. And this podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash the curdled pod. And again, it's the curdled pod on most social media. Be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. Speaking of which, you can find Curdled Inc.'s Patreon at that last All My Links link, or if this is easier for you, it is patreon.com slash thecurdledpod, and you can support me monthly in return for some exclusive content. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com, and if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, that's totally fine. Just please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend right a tweet while Twitter still exists. Do whatever you do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be so much appreciated. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. I'm gonna go lie down now. Bye! This might be a short one. Kitty, do you want to be in your drawer so that I can keep recording? Yeah. My throat is so scratchy today. I'm sorry, guys. I'm. You're just gonna have to deal with me in my my smoky voice. Villain era. Anyway. Oh, my kitty's so angry that I'm not paying attention to him. Poor kitty. Yeah.
Yeah, I'm almost done, buddy. Hang in there.